Well, if you got your Bible this morning, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And we're talking about freedom. And uh, today I'm going to, the title of my message is Breaking the Spirit of Mammon. Breaking the Spirit of Mammon. So let's dive deep into the Bible. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for he'll either hate one and love the other, or else he'll become loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot. Somebody say, You cannot. You cannot serve God and Mammon. This is Jesus speaking here. He's pretty definitive. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Let's go to Luke 16. Cross to there. Luke 16, verse 9. And it says, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fall, you may receive, they, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. He is unjust in what is least, is also unjust in, come on, somebody say, and therefore, if you're not being faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant, here we go again, can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and mammon. Well, we need to understand what mammon is because it's the only thing in the Bible that Jesus said you can't serve God and it. And he told us that this thing, mammon, is going to be the number one competitor for yours and my heart. It's going to have the opportunity to grab hold of our heart and actually take the place of God. So I've got three questions for you this morning and three questions that I pray are going to bring understanding. Here's the first question is, what the heck is mammon? Uh, What is mammon? Right there, some of you are going, mammon? What is it? Well, mammon is an Aramaic word that actually means riches. And, And most people think mammon refers to money. But I don't think Jesus is entirely referring just to money in these verses. In fact, the word mammon came from the Syrian god of riches, which actually came from Babylon, the place Babylon. And and most people have heard of the city of Babylon, but they don't know where that came from. And so for us to understand where Babylon came from, all you need to do is you need to say the word Babylon slowly. Just say that slowly right now, Babylon. Babylon, Babylon, Babylon actually means confusion. And Babylon comes from the, the Tower of Babel, which, which God confused the language of the people. And so Babylon actually means sown or planted in confusion. Uh, that's, that's where it comes from. And, and the city has its roots in confusion. Uh, but remember, you know, it all came from the tower where they were going to build, you know, their own way to heaven. Uh, you know, they, they freaked out because of the flood and they thought we, we need to do something to, to protect, this from, uh, protect ourselves from this happening again. So, so we're going to build a tower. And, and really what they were doing is they were building their own system that would get them to heaven. And, and that's why confusion came. 
You know, what, what the Tower of Babel re- represents, it, it, re- it represents a prideful, arrogant spirit that says we don't need God, we can make it on our own. And this is where the spirit of mammon comes in. It comes from. See, see mammon is a spirit. And in the series, we're, we're talking about the spirit that the enemy uses to sabotage yours and my destiny. You know, the spiritual world is a real world. And, you know, many people today, you know, they're a little bit, you know, skeptical about it. You know, others are, are superstitious. And as we start, uh, talked about in the, the start of this series is the enemy plays on both, the, the superstitious and the s- skeptic. Yeah. You know, in fact, C.S. Lewis, you know, talks, uh, talks about that, and, you know, because they're ignorant. And, and you know, the devil, he, he doesn't want us to hear this because how many know if his plans are exposed, he can't rob us any longer? In fact, the Bible talks about, you know, when somebody steals something, they have an obligation if they're caught to to repay what was stolen seven times. Come on, if the enemy's been ripping you off in the area in your life, you know, you've got to understand, here's the good news, there's freedom available to you. But if the enemy's been caught, when he's caught, he has to restore seven times what's been stolen from you. Come on, there's good news today. And so what we're doing is, is we're exposing the enemy's plan. And part of the way the enemy works is through this whole thing of, of mammon. And, and mammon is a spirit Jesus is referring to as it's the false god of riches. It's, it's the Syrian god of riches. And listen to me right now. Where this spirit rests in today's society, it, it rests on money. It rests on money. See, see, money has a spirit on it. It either has the spirit of mammon or it has the spirit of God. You know, that includes all the money that you have right now. You know, uh, what does your money have? Does it have on the spirit of mammon or does it have on the spirit of God? See, see, the way that you get the spirit of God on it is you give your first and your best and you trust God with the rest. You know, what am I saying there? You, you tithe. You, you trust God. You bring back to God what is His, and the Spirit of God rests on it. The, the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we going to love and trust money, or are we going to love and trust God? That's the question. Some of you are freaking out right now because we're talking about money. You know, why are you so freaked out? It's just money. But many people get uptight, you know, when you talk about money. And even people say, well, you're talking about money in church. Well, how many know money, you know, has the ability to control and govern a whole lot of our lives? So, come on, we've got to talk about it, and we should be able to talk about it with a freedom. All the church shouldn't talk about money. All the church wants is your money. Well, let me tell you, countdown is not after your friendship. Yeah, it's not after your friendship, but you don't mind giving money there where you get your natural food from. Come on, but the devil wants to do everything he can to, to, to make this place or, uh, you know, to, to, to put things over this, you know, connotations over this thing in church when it comes to money. Because he knows that if you don't get biblical understanding, you're going to be robbed of God's inheritance for your life. Come on, God has something amazing for us. And Jesus said, listen to this. He said, you can't serve both. You're either going to love one and hate the other or you're going to be loyal to one and despise the other. And many people don't realize it, but they can live, you can live in a place where you despise God. 
how do you know this? Well, anytime something happens where you lose money and you're under pressure and different things, you know, it's amazing how many people get mad at God. And, and they start despising God. And Jesus said, yeah, you're going to despise one because you've been loyal to another. And if you're loyal to another, you know, in the end, there's a conflict that's going to happen. See, 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 many of us unknowingly grew up, you know, loyal to mammon, and we didn't even know. Here's the deal. Mammon can't deliver on its promise. See, what mammon does is mammon tries to take the place of God. And mammon is in direct contrast to the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something about mammon. See, mammon right now is looking for servants. How many know there's plenty of people in this world who are servant to money? And the neglect of family, a servant to money, and neglect of many things. What people will do for money. You know, and mammon is looking for servants. See, mammon promises us everything that only God can give us. Uh, come on, I want you to think about that this morning. You know, what, what does mammon promise us? It promises us security. Well, if I had that amount of money in my bank account, I'd be secure. No, you wouldn't. See, mammon promises that. And some of us right now, we're feeling insecure because we don't have enough money in our bank account. And we're under his power. What does mammon promise us? Mammon promises us, uh, us identity. Well, well, people would listen to me if I had that amount of money. And it promises us, what does it promise us? Significance. We think, well, if I had that, I'd be significant. No, no you wouldn't. Only God can deliver on that. Well, what mammon promises us, it's freedom. You know, if you had money, you could go where you want. You could do what you want and different things. But you, you can have a whole lot of money but still be bound. And still be restricted. Well, what does mammon promise? Mammon promises happiness. If you had more money, and a lot of us can think this way, I'd be more happy. You know, if I had more money, I have a good marriage. People will respect and listen. Not necessarily. See, only God can give you security. Only God can give you identity. Only God can give you freedom and purpose. See, only God can give you love, joy, peace. Yeah, it's only God. And, and Mammon, though, it says, well, if you had more money, you'd have all those things. And Mammon, right now, what it's looking for is servants. But no one can serve two masters. See, this might be a little bit shocking, but Mammon is actually the spirit of the Antichrist. Come on, this, this is so clear in Scripture. See, see, the spirit of the Antichrist does not rule through the threat of nuclear war. It does not rule that way, according to the Bible. The spirit of the Antichrist rules through the threat of not being able to buy and sell. Uh, that, that's how he rules. And, that, and, 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 and like if mammon... It's not a spirit. The spirit talks to us all the time. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, we go through our daily lives and, you know, we're freaking out, we're anxious, we're, you know, worried about money, you know, and, 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 and it's because the spirit is talking and saying, you haven't got enough. 
Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, we're going to be good stewards. In fact, I want to do a whole series on, on not giving. I actually want to talk about handling money because many people today don't know biblical principles as to being, being good stewards. And, you know, part of it is having a savings plan. You know, part of it is working hard. And, you know, there's a whole lot of things. You, you can tithe and you can do all these other things, but not still look after the 90% and wonder why you're not blessed. So, so, so there's a whole lot of things. But what we're addressing today is a spirit that can actually rest on our, our money and what can talk to us. And, and the spirit is trying to get us not to serve God. Mammon simply wants to take the place of God. Here's the lie of mammon. If, you, could ha- if you, you had more money, you could help more people. That's right. Can I tell you what helps people? God. God helps people. Uh, Jesus never told people that the answer to their problems was, was money. He didn't do that with the blind person, the deaf person. You know, have mercy on you. You need more money. You know, he didn't. God helps people. God helps out. You know, it's easy. You know, we're looking for a church building and different things. You know, it's easy to think, man, we just need, you know, more money. If we had more money, we'd have a building. No, God's going to bring about the miracle. No, not money. You know, don't get me wrong. Money is a servant, but it should never be the master. It's not the answer. See, we, we have all these thoughts. You know, you know, if somebody, if I had that, if I won that, all my problems would go away. Come on, how many of you have looked at Powerball and thinking that money could be quite useful right now? Come on, has anybody done that? You know, if I get that money, you know, it's almost like I, I don't need God. Thank you, my my problem solved. I have more money. And it's the spirit that actually takes place of the spirit of God. And you can't serve God and mammon. So so, so the first question is, what is mammon? Okay, we've clarified that. Second question is, is is money evil? Is money evil? Mammon is not money. And many, many people misquote a scripture in the Bible. They, they say money is the root of all kinds of evil. But that's not what Paul said to Timothy. Here's what he really said. Let's, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and, and pull this up. It says, for the, for the love of money. Love of money. You know, it's, it's mammon. You know, it's the love of money. is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith. So many people come into church, love Jesus, get saved, but they strayed away because their pursuit is all about money, money, possessions, different things. They've strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through, with many sorrows. You know, it's like people can't even sometimes come to church because they're too busy at work. You know, you work a full day and some people go, oh, I'm too busy to come to church. Maybe you have put money higher on its priority list than it should be. Come on, part of our worship is coming together as a people of God and prioritizing the house of God. And prioritize the love of money, the love, the lust is the root, the root where it comes from of all kinds of evil, big and small. Big and small, it all finds its root in the love of money. Let's quickly go to Luke chapter 16 again. Luke 16 verse 9. And I want to unpack this. And it says, and I say to you, make... Friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fall, they may receive you into an everlasting home. 
a bit of a strange verse and is easily misunderstood. It seems, it seems to be saying, use your money to make friends. Yeah, that's what it seems to be saying. Use your money to do things for people that if you ever have a problem, they're going to help you out. That's what it seems to be saying, but it's not saying that. And the key word in this verse is the word fail. If you fail, the Greek word for that word fail, it means to die or expire. So what it's saying here is, is take unrighteous mammon, this, this money that has been dedicated to the spirit of this world. That's what it's saying. Take, take this money that's been dedicated to the spirit of the world, take it and redeem it. Uh, and the way you redeem it is by giving God the first and the best and then trusting Him with the rest. Uh, by tithing, giving 10% of your income. You know, I, I was happy this morning. You know, unprompted, you know, uh, uh, Sophia, who's my 10-year-old, jumped in the car and said, Dad, I've got my offering today. And uh, in behind her phone cover, yes, she's got a phone. Her grandma bought it for her. I don't know why. But, you know, in behind her phone car, uh, cover, not the grandma on the second row, by the way. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, is, is, is behind the phone cover, she's got some money to give in the offering because she, she earned money from the grandma on the second row uh, uh, from walking her dog. Walking her dog. She got $5 for walking the dog. And so straight away she said, Dad, I'm giving my tithe, my tithe into church. I'm glad that my kids are learning that. Where did I learn it from? I learned it as a kid. I learned it from my parents. And where did my parents learn it from? They read the Bible. Nobody told them to. They read Malachi. And they thought, oh, it's in the Bible. If it's there, I'm going to do it. They did it while they were farmers. They trusted God. And God began to bless them. It unlocked a spiritual principle over their life. In fact, you know, the story goes that, you know, as soon as they started tithing, the cows on the farm began to produce more milk. Uh, uh, and it produ- they started producing so much milk that one time the vat, which contains all the milk, was literally overflowing. That my father had to get buckets to contain all the milk. And the, the tanker driver pulled up and said, how many cows are you milking? And I think at the time, it was around about 80 cows. And he, the tanker driver said, do you know that you're taking as much milk as the farm down the road that's milking almost double the amount of cows? Come on, the promise of God, if you honor God in this area, it will redeem the rest. And, and it's not a money issue. It's actually a trust issue. It's a trust issue. And some of us, our heart is being so caught by this and we're trapped by money that we can't even release the tithe. And, and, and tithing is a discipleship issue. It's actually a trust, a trust issue where you, you trust God. God says, test me in this if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a, a blessing that there won't be enough room to contain it. So, so, so redeeming it is to give God the best, uh, the first and the best and trust him with the rest. Is, is to use it to build the kingdom. Yeah, and, and this is what this verse in Luke 16 is saying is, use this unrighteous mammon to build the kingdom. Make friends with it. So that when you, you die, when you fail, when you die, expire, you know, when you get to heaven, you, it's like there's going to be a whole lot of people who are going to say, thank you. Wow. Wow. I'm in the kingdom because of you. Right now, there's people in the Philippines and India and and Budapest, you know, who are going to be in the kingdom because of the generosity of of people in this church. 
because they've taken this unrighteous mammon which was dedicated to the spirit of the world and they've, they've redeemed it and they've turned it around and now are using it for kingdom purpose. Come on, that's good. See, heaven knows it's not just the people who go are making a difference, but sometimes it's the people who enable the people to go. And you've got to understand, you know, through your giving, even in the church, you're enabling the mission of God to go to places where it currently isn't. Come on, that's, that's got to be awesome. And, and, and God is the only one. He can turn money into souls. And money's not evil. Money, money is neutral. You can either use it for good, for, your own, uh, for, for, for kingdom purpose, or you can use it for evil which is all around greed. See, you can either use it for something temporal that's going to fade, won't last, or you can use it for as something eternal. Yeah, is money even not? No, it, it depends whose hand it's in and what spirit it's on. Yeah, and if we do redeem it right, it can be used in a wonderful way for kingdom purpose. Okay, number three, last one is, is, is what should I do with my money? Uh, what should I do with my money? What, what should I do? Well, the answer is be a good steward. Be a good steward. Honor God with the first and the best and then steward the rest. Recognizing that everything entrusted to us is not ours. Come on, Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything we have is not ours. We're just a steward of. Now, now many people go, well, the church need to be good stewards of of." Of, of the money that's entrusted to it. Yeah, I agree with that. That's important. We, we do need to be good stewards and, and we're going to be held to account for the stewardship of the resources that have been given. But so many people think, well, the church needs to be good stewards, but you know, it doesn't matter what I do with my money. Oh, hang on a sec. Is it your money? Because everything we own is God's. And sometimes we apply this principle over here. You know, well, the church needs to be good stewards, but I'll do whatever I want with my money. It's my money, my precious. <laughs> uh, but, but stewardship should apply, you know, just as the church should apply across our businesses, should apply across our home. And that's why we need to get actually a good understanding of what biblical stewardship looks like. Uh, man, it's gone really quiet in this place. Uh, but the, the mentality is, well, this is mine, that's God's. No, no, we need to give God the first and the best, and we need to steward, be good stewards of the rest. And, and some of you are right now thinking, well, I have too, too little of this unrighteous mammon to be concerned about this message. If I had more, I'd really be taking notes and listening in. But I don't have much of it, so I, I don't need to be concerned. Well, if that's your attitude, I don't have very much. Listen, you never will. See, if you're not going to steward what you have now, God's not going to entrust to you more. Come on, Luke 16, verse 10. Let's go to the next verse. It says, he who is faithful in what is least, least, is is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Do you understand? God doesn't entrust much until he finds a good steward. Yeah. Wow. Come on, are, are you stewarding your money well? 
See, God, God gives you a little and sees what you, uh, the, uh, he looks what you do with it. And if you shoot it well, he goes, okay, I can trust more. You know, it's like that person, you know, is using it for right things, good things. You know, not, nothing wrong with using money. I, I, I like nice stuff. Nothing wrong with having nice stuff, by the way. The problem is when nice stuff has you. Yeah, nothing wrong with having possessions, but when you're possessed by them, when you're ruled by them, when your decisions are made by them, yeah, it's there you are trapped. It's there you're ensnared. Yeah, in the world there's a saying: the rich, uh, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. In the kingdom, here's how it goes: it's the good stewards get more, and those who don't steward well don't. Come on, there's parables about this. Parable found in Matthew 25: the parable of the talents. God, God, God takes from the one and gives it to the, the guy who started with five. Man, that ain't, that's not PC in today's world. You know, but the one who didn't steward, who buried their gift, who did nothing with it, it actually got taken from him and, and given to the one who multiplied their gift. And, and that's what we're going to see in the kingdom is, is what we do with what we have that matters. It doesn't matter what you start with, but what are you doing with it? In Luke 16, 12, it says, you know, if you're being faithful in what is another man's, and what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? You know, is it, is it possible right here that Jesus is actually talking about the tithe? If you're being faithful in what is another man's. One thing when it comes to the tithe is you don't actually give the tithe because it's not yours. You can't give something that's not yours. You, you actually bring the tithe. You bring the tithe into the storehouse. You know, and here, if you're not faithful in what's another man's, who will give you what is your own? You know, I understand God owns it all. Yeah, you know, the tithe doesn't belong to me. That's why, why Malachi talks about robbing God. You're taking from God and you're taking ownership of it. Will a person rob God? Rob God. You know, you rob it when you don't bring it in. And, and that's why if we can release this, it's amazing. You know, it's like God thinks so little of money that he tests us with money before he entrusts people. Wow. Wow. It goes on in Luke 16. It says, if you're unfaithful and unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you his true, uh, the true riches? What are the true riches? Yeah, I, I really believe, you know, some people think that's more money. No, true riches are his anointing. Come on, true riches are health. True riches are relationships. Come on, uh, true riches are people. And so the lowest form of stewardship in the kingdom is money. And God says, okay, if you're going to be faithful in money, then I can give you people. Why would I give you people if you can't handle money? But, but in many of our minds, money is over people. But in the kingdom, it's all about people. It's just money. It's just money. In fact, we, when Kathy and I have, you know, given stuff, go, you know, we think about it. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, well, we could just lose money. It's just money. You know, some of us, it's like, oh, you know, oh, we could lose money. It's, it's not that bad. You know, some of us are not even risking things because you know, we're not even being obedient because we're looking at what's in our bank account. And, and, and our decisions are made on the basis of how much money is in our bank account, not on the basis of whether God said it or not. 
Come on, if God said it, God calls us to be obedient. You know, and if we make our decisions based on, on what, how much money is in our bank account, who's our master? Come on, who's, who, who, who's dictating what we do and what we don't do? You know, we need to be able to hear God. We, we wouldn't have churches in London. And, you know, how many know, years ago, when we planted the church in London, that the English pound well, was about three times more valuable than the New Zealand dollar. So planting a church in England was ridiculous. You know, you want to plant a church in another nation where the currency is not as valuable because you can do more with it. But God told us to plant a church in London. And actually some people came to us and go, that's ridiculous. It's also on the other side of the world. You know, why don't you do something closer? Uh, but God said. You know, do, do you know we wouldn't have churches around Europe right now if, if Bruce and Helen weren't obedient and listened to God and just said, no, we're going to obey God, not, not the money in our bank account. But, you know, now I, I love the thought that from London, in London we've got a church. And by the way, over recent times, just in the last couple of weeks, getting over a thousand people in their services. Come on, that's exciting, isn't it? A thousand people on their side. And how many know they're all honoring God? And, and, and guess who's helping us now plant a church in Ghana? It's all London, yeah. Thank God for the British pound. You know, it's, it's achieving more. Do you know right now, you know, we've almost got a thousand people, you know, gathering together in our churches in Germany. Yeah, but we could have initially looked at, at the value of the pound, you know, when God spoke to us to do it and said, oh, no, we haven't got the money to do it. But through that step of obedience, God's released the resources, not only to just meet the need in London, but he's seen beyond that. Now we've got churches in Rome, come on, in Budapest. Now, now these churches being planted all over the show. Come on, come on, you've got to see that God's word is more important than how much money is in your bank account. And I love the fact that even in the Philippines, we're teaching principles of good stewardship. So that they're not just dependent on New Zealand money. We don't want people in the Philippines to be dependent on another nation. Come on, they carry the Spirit of God themselves. And, and, you know, we're believing that God's going to set up an apostolic house in Manila that's going to enable us to plant churches right throughout Asia. It's going to be released. And as everybody gets hold of this principle, how many know it becomes self-perpetuating in terms of the influence and the impact for the kingdom of God that we can have? Come on, some of us need a bigger vision than what's in our bank account right now. We need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You know, we'd never hire the Spark Arena if it was according to how much money was in our bank account. You know, in fact, last year, you know, the budget was so ridiculously out that, that we thought, how are we going to pay for this? But I love the, 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 the fact that we've got elders, trustees, who are men and women of faith. And they said, God's our provider. And we believe that. And so we're going to break any spirit of lack. And so what we decided is that at Shout, we're going to give the offerings that were coming in to pay the expenses, we're going to give it away to mission. I mean, no, you really need to hear from God for that. But I thank God there was faith in that. There was faith. People were, and we're going to break the spirit of mammon. Do you know last year's Shout? You know, well, it was projected a hundred thousand, well, a six-figure shortfall, two hundred thousand shortfall. But do you know how God met every need as we gave away because we broke the spirit of mammon and and it released the generosity. 
Yeah, I love uh, right now, just the trustees, we're believing for a building. Yeah, I believe what's going to unlock the building, uh, unlock the resources is generosity. So as a group of trustees, we've decided just to be generous to other churches in our city. And, and, and give them money. And break the stronghold that is keeping things in lack. Break that withholding spirit in Jesus' name. Yeah, and some of us, you know, we're so contained and tight on the inside. You know, we hold our money so tightly. You know, as the, the saying goes, um, we hold it so tightly that the queen's got a tear in her eye. It's like, ah, oh. it's like, it's mine, my precious, mine. But when we surrender it to God and we're faithful, God says, hey, there's somebody I can trust. I can unlock the windows of heaven. And I know there's people in this place who've got testimony upon testimony of God's faithfulness. I'm just saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to honor you in this area. You know, a story I often tell is years ago. Ruby, who's on the front row, I bought her a packet of M&M's. And, uh, you know, how many like M&M's? Yeah, good one. Yeah. I remember buying her the packet. I think it was the peanut ones. Any peanut ones? Who's chocolate ones? Who's peanut butter ones? Uh, if you try those, peanut butter, next level uh, right there. Yeah, anyway, I bought her a packet of M&M's. She was eating them. She was only really small. And I said, can I have some? And uh, she says, no, they're mine. I go, I bought them for you. You won't even share them. Now, what she didn't realize at the time was that if I wanted to, uh, I could forcibly remove that packet from her hand <laughs> and I could eat them all myself. So, so number one, she forgot that, uh, forgot that I was the one who bought them for her in the first place. That two, I could, I could take them from her. Three, that I actually have the capacity to buy her more. That's not going to break the balance, bank balance, you know, buying another packet or another three packets. And that, do you, do you know what God does? You know, he gives us everything we have, everything we own. And then he goes, hey, can I have some? And we go, no, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. But what we don't realize is he gave them to us in the first place. He could forcibly remove it, take it from us. And how many know God has the ability to rain down M&Ms? <laughs> Come on, He has the ability to do that. And, and, and it's just trusting God. But, but we get so tired and we go, uh, and we let the spirit of mammon come on us, which then greed and all these other things. Now, well be it a better place if greed wasn't present. Now, we need to get the spirit of God on our money. That then releases the more of God and releases the purposes of God in our lives. Come on, where is your heart contained? Where even right now, you, uh, where are you anxious about material? Because that can trap you. But God wants you to be free. And free indeed. Amen. You receive the word today. Come on, every location, how about standing to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, this is a big area. As I said, you know, we're dealing with money on a daily basis. It's probably you know, the biggest thing that can actually ensnare us. And, and that's what we've got to talk about. That's what we've got to open up. I can't preach a series on freedom and not, not talk about this whole area. And right now, you know, you know you're trapped. Yeah, 
you just need to look at where your thoughts go to. You know, some of you, it's like you've lost sight of purpose. And in fact, all your meditation and your dreaming is about what you can get for yourself. It's about material possessions. And God wants to bring you back to kingdom purpose. Come on, He wants to give you a vision that's not temporal, a vision that's eternal, that matters in heaven. He wants to release something into your life. And if you're just saying, God, I want to take everything that I have right now and give it back to you, I want you to lift your hands right where you are because I'm believing that the Spirit of God is just going to come upon, you know, all your endeavors. It's going to come upon, you know, everything you have. Come on, we break even right now the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon that promises a lot but delivers on nothing. Lord, we, we declare you're the only one who can satisfy the longing of our heart. You're the only one who can bring security to our life. Lord, we find our identity in you. God, today you are our source. Come on with somebody else, just begin to declare, God, you are my source. God, you are my hope. You are my everything. God, God, our source is found in you today. Lord, we thank You. Lord, You supply all our needs. And we look to You. We look to You. We don't look to our staff. We don't look to other people. We look to You. Lord, and I pray, Lord, even right now, every anxiety, every worry would go. Lord, in this area, Lord, I pray that a supernatural peace would come upon people. Lord, that they'll know that they'll never go without when they prioritise You. Lord, when we put You first, we never come second. Lord, and we release, even right now, where there's lack. Lord, an abundant supply in Jesus' name.